Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Welcome to the Nickish Show. You are listening to Nickish Cup of Coffee. It is November 10th, 2020. You got your boys Mo and Afi here in the morning talking all about the Knicks and whatever's going on in the NBA. What's going on, man? How are you feeling this morning? Feeling good, bro. You know, we had some nice celebratory news over the weekend, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, on the politics side. I mean, those of us that have been listening, those of our listeners that have been listening to us for a minute know how we feel. So we just leave it at that. Um, hopefully that conclusion is actually, you know, agreed to. And like this, this motherfucker, this orange bastard doesn't try to overthrow the government. But otherwise, we're doing good. Yeah. yeah. Another bright good news, news, obviously. Uh, Pfizer is coming in at a, at a good time. There's somewhat of a light at the end of the tunnel. 90% yes, effective rate. We might not have to be donning these masks anymore, even though, honestly, I don't mind it. I feel like low-key. <laughs> I might be shy to show my face after this. I'm gonna definitely be a mask wearer after this mm. is all over. You know what I mean? Like all <laughs> them Asian people in Flushing Queens had it right. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shout out to the Asians. We South Asian. Yeah. Um, but yeah, big news yesterday. NBA agreed to the dates, so we get started right there. NBA back, bro. Mm-hmm. All the dates are solidified. You know what yeah. I mean? If you want to run down the list for our listeners that aren't aware. Yeah, I mean, today's the 10th. On the 18th is the NBA draft, which is really the first time the Knicks are somewhat active in uh, March, since March, so what is that, eight months? And eight months is the first time we're going to add a player or do something related to the Knicks. The Knicks, again, have, have the 8th pick, 27th, and 38th picks. Uh, and uh, all that's, that's for the 18th. Two days later, free agency begins, and by the 22nd at 12.01 p.m. is the moment that teams can start to sign these free agents uh december 1st is training camp and december 22nd is opening night this is agreed by the nba and the players association it looks like this is 100 percent official we're gonna have a 72 game season nice i know lebron's tight you know what i mean he was uh i think chris haynes early on maybe a week or two ago he dropped some a nugget of news that a faction of star players or whatever are dead set against it, december 22nd and um, I figured right away it was the Clutch Mafia, LeBron and whatever entourage he has in the league, like him, Jared Dudley, and JaVale McGee in a room. He's just like, yo, y'all fuck with this? He's like, nah, LeBron, we, we don't fuck with it at mm-hmm. all. Whatever you think. <laughs> <laughs> so he, didn't definitely, he definitely didn't get his way. And I saw a reporter this morning say, oh, LeBron understands it's for the big, greater good. I was like, shut up. It's like the, the league isn't yours, actually, LeBron. You know what I mean? Of course it's for the greater good. There's like a, uh, 500 other players, you know what I mean, that would yeah. love to get back to the NBA, get their money, so... And it seems like it's a major time crunch, but when you think about it, the finals were, what was it, mid October when when yeah. the finals ended. They they're still getting their two months, which is which is pretty typical. Um, well, not typical. They actually get like four or five months, but um, you know, two months. He had more rest this year than he ever did. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they did have that the couple months break, so it does work out. You know, altogether they do get that four or five months, and uh, you know the people get get their basketball back. I'm just curious on how they're really going to set it up, uh, how many fans they, they anticipate to have, but with this COVID news, uh, or you know Pfizer news, rather, of, of a vaccine 
potentially upcoming. We know the the, the wealthy and the athletes are probably going to get access to it first. Mm-hmm. Um, so got that on know. pre-order. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they might try to do what you know college football games do and have a limited number of fans. Uh, I don't know how it's going to really work out for travel times, but I think that's something we're going to learn uh, over the next couple of days or weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean. Good news all around, you know. Um, good news twice, you know, twice over. Well, obviously, NBA coming back, and mm-hmm. two that LeBron got, you know, didn't get his way. So that's always fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, going off that, um, the draft obviously is right around the corner. Right. Um, I was just telling you offline, like right around this time, um, Zach Lowe puts out a podcast with uh, Jonathan Gavoni, Mike Schmitz of Draft Express, and every year it's always comes with like the great nuggets of information just rumors um especially just because zach Lowe's pretty transparent he doesn't follow the draft up until like this week you know what i mean or the week before the draft right so when he has his podcast it's like educational not just for the listener but for himself mm-hmm. which makes for a good podcast so they had a lot of good good uh, tidbits in there um the main one seems to be that like those outside the nba probably have more of a negative opinion on Lamelo than the, those inside the NBA, because they seem pretty sure Lamelo's going in the top three at minimum. So, what you take away from that? And you know, did you have a chance to kind of see the other nuggets that came from this podcast? Yeah, I mean, it's int- Lamelo's becoming a fairly polarizing figure even before he gets drafted. There's so many various opinions of him. We we hear people considering him to be a tier one player in his own class. I think Kevin Pelton did that in on ESPN uh, just a day or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Windhorse, that that bastard thinks he's gonna go outside the top five, but him slipping and him being the the consensus number one pick, we I've heard both of those nonstop. Yeah. And um, what exactly did Giovanni say? Oh, Giovanni said that. Uh, Giovanni, sorry. Well, they, yeah, Giovanni. Um, he, him, and Schmidt's both like pretty open. They both love him, and they're just like they're pretty. They from the start love Lamelo and they see him as like this may be a weak draft but there's a chance of somebody coming out being a special player they see it as Lamelo mm-hmm. you know what I mean they've been from the very beginning they've been writing Lamelo and their opinion is that it's like a lot of contrarians out there that just are trying to bring that Lamelo stock but from what they're hearing he's a hotly pursued like commodity um they're hearing that the top three teams that have been linked to trading up to number one to get Lamelo are Chicago Detroit and surprisingly OKC nah. so I think that's major. I mean, that is what you take away from that? Yeah, I mean, all three of those teams pretty much have their picks. Detroit, OKC, and uh, Chicago. So, mm-hmm. I mean, OKC has the most picks of any team in the NBA. they got to use something with that, Facts. especially if they're trying to give up Chris Paul in a trade. Yeah. If, they can, if they can get rid of that contract and bring in you know, future star point guard, that's that's the move that they're looking for. That's why they got rid of PG. That's why mm-hmm. they got they they had to trade away Russell Westbrook and accumulate all these assets. That'd be a great coup for them for for it all to work out. Uh, Lamelo on a small market team is a big move. That's that's what they look for. Um, yeah. They made a great move on their part. Uh, Detroit obviously is a, the other team in the top ten besides us or the Knicks that need a point guard. I can 100% see them trying to make a move like that. And Chicago is in an interesting position because they got they got Levine and Kobe White there, you know, two young players that you don't really see them wanting to give up on. Maybe on Zach Levine, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw a headline that they actually like Laurie Markkinen better than Wendell Carter, which is which kind of is surprising. Yeah. Interesting. I don't, I, it was kind of surprising. <laughs> Seemed like it was the other way around for a while. Um, an interesting proposal that Macri, shout out to to John Macri, made yesterday 
or I don't know if it was just from him or Nick's film school, but I think I'm pretty sure it was him. He made a, a, a hypothetical trade that if the Bulls somehow get Lamelo at three, which is mm-hmm. a, which is possible, they have three, right? Chicago, uh, Charlotte has four. No, no, Chicago has four. I think Charlotte has three. Yeah, yeah okay. Charlotte has three. Okay. Yeah. Um, assuming you know for whatever reason Lamelo falls down to four, which is possible because Minnesota might not need him. They already have D'Lo, and um, you know maybe Toppin is a better fit for them. Um, and the Warriors are the Warriors. They already have enough, you know, guards and shooters. And Charlotte might be going for Wiseman. Uh, if in case Chicago gets Lamelo Ball, he may, he created a hypothetical uh, to for the Knicks to move up and get him. And uh, there there was a, there was a pretty much a straight divide between Knicks fans on Twitter on whether or not they'd go with this. So the trade, you know, potential was Lamelo and Otto Porter, who I believe is coming off an expiring deal. I think his his salary is twenty eight million or something like that. That's yeah. off the top of my head for the eighth pick, Kevin Knox, next year's Dallas pick, which is unprotected, and Julius Randle. Now when you hear a trade like that, what do you do? Would you go I for it? That proposal, hell yeah, because, I mean you know, last I remember last time we recorded, I'm pretty sure it was uh we had both kind of said we uh were a little souring on Lamelo, but after hearing Gavoni and Schmitz just talk him up, I'm back on the Lamelo train. You know what I mean? Like if we, if we, if we like, if that's a deal that's on the table or it's even being out there floated, I would go for it. Just because, I mean, what are we really giving up there? You know, like Knox, who after two years, I mean, I, I don't want to say he's he's destined to be a bust, but it's not looking positive. Randall, we already know what it is. He's not really the best fit with uh, RJ and Mitch, and um. The eighth pick to was it four? I mean, you got to give up something to move up four spots. And then, I guess I'm a little iffy on the Dallas pick just because, like you know, as discussed, KP's out for indefinite period of time. But then, I'm a big believer in Luca, and I feel like Luca just him alone on that team is like a guaranteed 45 wins. You know what I mean? And a playoff spot. So I mean, in that in that vein, I think I would do the deal just because not only for Lamelo but also Otto Porter. I think he's just a seamless fit. You know what I mean? We talk all about how. You want to get veteran players that kind of fit your young players' skill sets. So he's a three and D wing that could that that could also play the four. You know what I mean? As a stretch four, um, who might be a little skinny for that, but I'm talking about like you know spot minutes there. So I would do the deal. You seem a little more on the other side, though. Obviously. Yeah. At this moment, I haven't had a chance to listen to Zach Lowe's podcast yet, so I might switch over just as fast as you did. But um, yeah, my current stance is I don't think the level of talent from 1 to 10 is that different where mm-hmm. you know LaMelo is that much of a higher has that much of a higher ceiling than say Killian Hayes who we still might be able to draft at number 8. I I would probably still want to see how the draft plays out. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh there's no doubt about LaMelo's talent. I just don't think he's like a Zion. He's like the Zion in a class. You know what I mean? That that clear number 1 talent upper echelon player who's going to take who's going to be guaranteed a future all-star. Lamelo comes in with a lot of with a couple of question marks and some, you know, very sure. good sure. uh, you know, potentials as a, as a player, but that that Dallas pick, I would want to keep. I would I would love to have two lottery picks in a 2021 draft. That's that's my current stance. I would probably say no. I also don't know why Chicago would would make this pick. They they have they have players who are a bit more ready to win now than the Knicks do. 
I don't know why they really swap out Otto Porter for Kevin Knox, but they do have they do get Julius Randle out of uh, in it. But then they also have Wendell Carter and Laurie Markkinen. So I don't and see Thad how is f- young, you know, what and I mean? and like, Thad Young, yeah. So I don't I don't know how the fit would really work with them. And at eight, who would they pick to to make it work? Are they gonna pick up another guard, or they they might get like Halliburton, you know, they might get yeah. uh, Killian Hayes. Yeah. Uh, they're probably not gonna get a big man. So I don't see this being a you know great trade for Chicago either. Um, yeah. You know what I was gonna say is just like on that topic of trade ups and that podcast with Zach Lowe and Gavani, which to our listeners definitely recommend. I know Mo is gonna get on that probably right after this. Go listen to that podcast. But um. Yeah, so on that podcast, they made a interesting like to to stay on the topic of trade up. What if we're, what if we're the Knicks are pursuing a trade up? You know, not that I know that Macri has any secret inside information, but just on that topic, what if we're trading up? But it's not for Lamelo. What if it's for Obi Toppin? Because from what I'm hearing from uh, Givoni and Mike Schmitz or Givoni especially, Obi Toppin is Leon's guy in this draft. Like he's the one guy that if if they could only come out of this draft with one player. It, it's it's the Obi Toppin because uh, I think we maybe briefly touched on it, but before Toppin uh, or before Leon joined the Knicks, he was at CAA and he recruited Toppin heavily and got him signed to CAA, and that was like his last one of his last business dealings before he he actually left CAA to go to the Knicks. You know what I mean? So Leon clearly has an eye for talent. You look at his client list. You know what I mean? He gets with these guys young. He gets in early. You know what I mean? Builds that relationship. So maybe he sees Toppin as you know a star maybe all-star potential kind of guy so what's your thoughts on the leon love for Toppin and how you feeling about him because i don't know i'm maybe a little iffy on him but i want to hear your take first yeah i mean first off with obi Toppin, who's 22 years old a lot of a lot of people like to write him off because he's you know on the other side of 20 22 i don't see that necessarily always being a bad thing that just means a player is more experienced and they're getting closer to their prime than other players I, I'm curious on the timeline that maybe Leon Rose is seeing for his team to be a heavy, deep playoff team. And maybe he's seeing it as a three- to four-year window. And if that's the case, then he'll get Obi Toppin in his prime faster than you know maybe a guy like Patrick Williams, who's the youngest player in the draft. I, I think that that's something that he might be looking at, and he wants to accelerate the timeline, and that would be bringing in a more NBA-ready player. Who, Obi Toppin, if... That's the first thing that people say. He's the most NBA-ready player right now just because of his age. Uh, age, is, age doesn't mean it should be the reason why we neglect a player. But I think the Knicks gaping holes are shooting and defense all the time and playmaking. Mm-hmm. And that not, all, three of those, all three of those things are things that Obi Toppin does not do. I mean, so he I can shoot, though. Can he not? I thought he, that was in his, uh, in his he, bag, right? He's, he's capable kind of, of shooting from the three, but he's not, he doesn't do it at a high volume. He's good at interior mm. scoring. He's kind of like Stat, uh, Stoudemire. Um, poor rebounder, poor in defense, okay shooter. That's that's and but he's good at scoring in interior. I think he has post moves. He can dunk the ball, but I don't I don't see that as something that we really need right now. So much so that we're gonna you know trade assets away to get him. If he falls to number eight, that's a different story. But to move up in the draft for Obi Toppin, I don't think that that's worth the move. I feel you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, I hear Amari a lot with them. I saw somebody say he's like a more athletic or explosive Kyle Kuzma, and I don't fuck with Kuzma. That, period. That's a good selling point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, if you're trying to get somebody to buy into a prospect, don't bring up Kuzma, please, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> Make me run the other way. But 
Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing with him is like I didn't realize he played the five in in fucking college. You know what I mean? He played in Dayton, so mm-hmm. he was a five there, and he, and like obviously he got to dominate like lower level of competition. You know what I mean? Athletically, when you put him at the five, he's such a mismatch, and like size wise, he's like a six nine two twenty and. What I hear about his defense, and then when I, and the little I've seen of him, because honestly, I thought Toppin was a lock top five. So I think he's one of the prospects I didn't even bother like doing the research on or doing some scouting on. But from what I see of his defense, he's just god awful. And mm-hmm. you know, he gets the Amari comparison, but I'm one of the people that like for the majority of Amari's tenure on the Knicks, I just hated having him on the team. You know what I mean? <laughs> Especially because of his defense, similar to like my my hate relationship, my hate hate relationship with Cantor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think Boodum on Twitter, in- interesting enough, said like he sees the vision with Toppin, but he also is like sees him as like another Cantor, as like an for explosive real. Cantor. Is like, is that is that good? Do you want yeah, that? Cantor and- can at least rebound. You know exactly, like, yeah. <laughs> Toppin can't even do that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'm a I'm a pass on Toppin. I mean, right. Leon, respect. You know what I mean? Like, I got respect for Leon, what he's done in his career and his resume. But I mean, this we're gonna have to disagree on this. You I, know mean, what I mean, if he but, if he comes down at eight, would you draft him? Yeah, I mean, if he's at eight, like fuck it, why not? And you know, quote unquote weak draft. But like, I'm not trading up for Toppin, or right, I wouldn't yeah. want to. Like, if we're trading up, it's got to be Lamelo. You know what I mean? And because I feel like you you and I may have kind of soured on him the more we did research, but it's also like. I think we both agree he's like the lottery ticket in this draft, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like if he hits, he's gonna hit the highest. Like he's his upside is probably higher than everybody. So yeah. that's he, yeah. what the kind of player you trade up for. But could be a better version of a Ben Simmons to an extent. Yeah, yeah. A Ben Simmons who can actually kind of shoot. Um, yeah. So it's and, on this topic of trade up, though. I don't. I mean, if you, if you had a last point to make, yeah, uh, yeah. One last point name. is uh, the mock draft with Kevin O'Connor, which he's supposed to update today. Uh, he does it every Tuesday. He has topping nice. going down to eleven. Shit, you know. So that that was that was something else that caught my eye. But yeah, enough about uh, Toppin. What else? What else we got for today? Um, I mean, those guys. I know the ESPN guys fucking hate aggregators, but I mean, yo, if they drop so many nuggets of wisdom, you know what I mean? Like we're gonna talk about it. We're fans, right? We're the non-experts here. Mm-hmm. So they brought up another name that we've discussed uh, plenty of times. At least I feel like we have Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, and they're pretty much solid. That the NBA loves them mostly because like. Or the best way I saw it put from Gavoni was he's what Lonzo should have been in terms of just like that kind of unconventional point guard that's also like a high-level IQ passer. He's got a funky-looking shot, but it goes in and it's effective. You know what I mean? Lonzo's shot was funky, but it was broken. You know what I mean? But Heilburn, it's like effective. And what what differentiates him from Lonzo, according to Gavoni and Schmitz, is that personality-wise, he's like much more open and like he's like people love him personality wise Lonzo is much more reserved you know what I mean mm-hmm. so they, I say that to say this that um they're what they're hearing is like his floor in the draft Halliburton is eight so that's the lowest they see him going what they're hearing he's going and they're even hearing like some trade-up rumor and like what if we trade what if Lamelo goes top three and then we trade up with Chicago to four for Halliburton you know what I mean like how would you feel about that I mean I feel like we're rehashing a topic but the closer we get to the draft, I feel like we've done our prep. So, I mean, thoughts on that possibility? So, Halliburton at three. Um, or four. Or four. Chicago. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, four. Uh, Lamelo, I'm assuming, is that goes off at number one. And mm-hmm. Killian Hayes, it's fair to assume it goes to Detroit after that. <clears throat> um, what was the trade scenario? Um, they, they didn't mention any scenarios. They're just saying how, like, the eight is the minimum or the lowest they see Halliburton going, and he's getting a lot of love in the top five. Um, 
they all they say obviously the Knicks have love for Halliburton. You know what I mean? Like he's one of our like guys. Him and Toppin seem to be like uh, preferences. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering, would you go up like if Chicago's like auctioning off the pick, like not to like steal Macri's thunder, but a similar deal like that? Would you make that for no. Halliburton? No. No. Gotcha. No, I, I I even know at certain points if he fell down to eight with us and there's Killian Hayes, I'd take Killian Hayes. I'd mm-hmm. rather I'd rather try to move I'd rather try to move up in the trade. If I had to move up for somebody, I'd rather move up for, for Hayes who's probably gonna go down at number six or yeah, seven yeah. Or, or whatever Detroit is. Um I'd rather do that. But also I think, you know, this might be a draft where we w- might want to have multiple picks in the teens. There's still Kira Lewis available. There's still Facts. even Patrick Williams available, a player that you and I never really, you know, gave a chance to talk about. The youngest player in the draft has Kawhi Leonard potential as that player who can be molded into uh, an all-star. He has all the tools for it. I might, I might rather, you know, go with one of those guys. And eight, at number eight, we can still get a Coro or Vastel or one of those guys. Mm. Um, I, I don't think I'd move up in a trade for Tyrese Halliburton. I think there's going to be plenty of Halliburtons left in, in the next couple of years to draft up. I don't think he's a, a must-have player right now for the Knicks. Facts. Interesting enough, though, I did – um Zach Lowe loves him. So, like, he said – you know, he does his brief draft research at least, and he says he loves Halliburton. So, I, I do respect that dude's opinion. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like if we're going for a point guard, he's got to be, like, just a guy that could dribble, drive, and penetrate. You know what I mean? Like – um. And I don't know. I feel like he, Halliburton on paper, I think it would be a good fit with RJ and Mitch. But I just preferentially, there's a type of point guard I prefer. And I think Kira Lewis kind of lives up to what we envision as like, you know, a ball dominant point guard that could spread the wealth, but also like be that complimentary playmaker for RJ. Mm-hmm. I think Halliburton obviously is a great playmaker, but I don't think he has that that explosiveness um, and that athleticism to really attack and break down and go into the paint, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the dribble drive aspect. So that's just my kind of stylistic preference. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not as high on Halliburton as the rest of the NBA seems to be. So I think we're on the same page there, you know what I mean? Right. Um, with, uh, with about five or so minutes left to go, I did want to touch on free agency. I know there are two players, um, and I'm blanking on one. Oh, uh, there are two players that were – kind of sort of connected to the Knicks. One is Davis Bertans, the other one's Christian Wood. Mm. Christian Wood's probably definitely going to get a much bigger contract because he ended the season on a high note. It was right after the Drummond trade. He played like a month, and mm. he averaged like 22 and like 9. God and damn, shot I didn't at realize. A, shot at what? a pretty high clip. Is he someone you'd be willing to, trade, uh, to sign on like a three-year contract, giving him, say, like, 17 per year um interesting enough that like kind of how like on a lot broader level it's weird how rumors work like early on we were hearing these names right like christian wood was connected to us and then for a while we didn't hear anything again about christian wood in the knicks up until like this week so i'm I'm one to think that we probably already either talked to woods people or have a deal lined up you know what i mean and 25 years old by the way yeah if we do i think yeah i would do it just because he's a stretch big he's he's got some athleticism from what i've seen and his age like you just said 25 it lines up with the timeline of mitch and rj you know so i think he would be a seamless fit like you could play him at the four but then when mitch or mitch rests you play him at the five as a stretch five and i think that's crucial in the league in the league right now so if i had a preference between him and davis i'm going christian wood just because I got some PTSD from having a light, uh, a, a Latvian white uh, stretch four, you know what I mean? Just 
bring back bad memories, bro. You know what I mean? We don't talk about it, though. We don't talk about that no more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, I, what's your preference? I think I'd do it, too, because I think it also means we'd have to trade Randall away. Um, yeah. and Because I don't think they can both be on the same team because one, one of those guys needs to be a starter. And if it's between Woods and uh, Randall, it's probably going to be Wood. I think if Randall gets traded, that's a solid contract. We might be able to. That's that's the kind of trade that we can make to take on a bad contract and get some assets out of it. I like it. I think we. I think it'd be a win-win situation. Facts. I saw another name connected. It's kind of a more much more low key, but and he's a former Nick, Justin Holiday. You know, mm. he there's mm-hmm. apparently some fans in the org uh, that do want to pursue Holiday. Um, what's your what, what are your thoughts on him and what are your memories of Holiday actually? Because he, side note, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, say your side note. No, I was gonna side note. I was legit pissed. We fucking signed Tim Hardaway to like a seventeen million dollar per year deal that summer when we could have just re-signed Holiday. I remember thinking that. I was like, why are we doing this? You just pay Hardaway three times more. But yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah, no, Justin Holiday is what six six, six five, something yeah. like that. Lanky, lanky point guard who can distribute the ball and shoot at a pretty good clip and play solid defense. He's like the perfect player to come off the bench, or be a be a role player. He did well on Indiana. Indiana was a great team last season, and Holiday played a part in it. Holiday, I remember being on the uh, the Hornacek team, right, yeah, with, with yeah. KP. He, and, he's a nice 3 and D wing. Yeah. yeah, and then he was traded to Chicago to get D. Rose wh- along with Robin Lopez. Oh, no, I think we got him in the D. Rose trade, and then we let him go in free agency. Isn't that what it was? Could be. Okay, never mind. I'm, miss- I'm mixing up with Jerry and Grant. We traded Jerry and Grant yeah, and Lopez for – him and Holiday, which is not a bad extra pickup. Um, yeah, he, and he didn't score or you know be as effective so much so that we had to give him a big contract. I think we can give him like a five six million dollar contract with the team option. He'll take it. He'll be. I'm sure he'd be down to come back to New York, or he might want to stay in Indiana. Uh, without Victor, if they in the case that they do trade Victor Oladipo, they might need that guard there. So I'm not sure what his preference is and same with Christian Wood he might want to stay in Detroit and be their superstar player or their their top guy yeah I mean Blake's still there right so I mean it's, it's to be seen whether they can get rid of Blake but maybe Wood wants to just come here because you know there is no Blake Griffin you know what I mean he would possibly he probably has a better chance of being the guy here but on the topic of Justin Holiday, yeah bring him back like I like I just said I was pissed we let him go just because like, Steve Jones is a fucking idiot. Like, value-wise, why would you pay Tim Hardaway 17 mil per year when you could have gotten uh, uh, Justin Holiday that season for 5 mil? You know what I mean? Like, upside was the reason that was sold to us about Hardaway, but I still prefer, like, uh, or upside was what they said about Hardaway, right? But Holiday, I mean, he's just, he's a solid role player. I think he's, he'd fit perfect with RJ and Mitch. So, fuck it, bring him back. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Get Christian Wood, and all we need is a point guard, right? Yeah, I might be killing Hayes. All right, uh, I think we're going to wrap up this episode of Nickish. This is a Nickish cup of coffee. Again, tomorrow, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock on Sportscaster, link in bio on our Instagram. We're going to bring in a special guest to talk more about the NBA draft. Uh, again, every Wednesday at Nickish at night. Again, only on Sportscaster. We bring in a new guest every week to talk to talk ball. Uh, make sure you check out our episode from this past Sunday. We had Pete Nepper, author of Nick of the 90s, on the show. And we Paul broke Nepper. down. Paul Nepper. He Sorry, Paul, Paul Nepper. Early in the morning. <laughs> Paul Nepper. Uh, my, uh, my mistake. He came Just onto so the Paul show. <laughs> we talked about the 90s Knicks, and we got some good nuggets uh, from him. It was definitely a great episode, so please make sure to check that out. 
Uh, follow us on all podcasting platforms and on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show and Sportscaster, which is something that we've been really involved with a lot. Again, the link is in bio, sportscaster.com backslash Nickish Show. We hope that you guys enjoy the rest of your day, November 10th, and uh, just make sure you check us out for tomorrow, November 11th, only on Sportscaster at 8 o'clock. Until next time, stay safe, and uh, yeah, that's it. Any last words? Uh, nothing other than uh, stay definitely stay safe just because that vaccine news yesterday kind of showed that uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel. So right now, more than ever, like, take it seriously stay super safe because if you catch this shit right before this vaccine comes out you a big dummy (laughs) but yeah otherwise stay safe and uh peace peace